All right, welcome back to another episode of Sports Pulse Podcast. Unfortunately, Nick, today is one of those really, really ugly, groggy days outside. It's like, it's so dark. I've had like lights on in my room all day. That That's just, and I hate that. That's just a terrible feeling. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been home all day, but it's one of those days where like, you know, it brings me back to, you know, the elementary days in school where you go outside, you play in recess in the rain and it's kind of crappy out, but you didn't care because you were a kid. That's what it reminds me of, but yeah, it's a very uh, stereotypical New Jersey day. It sucks. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one plus of it is it's not super, super cold outside. No, it's um, not. I've been, look- I've been looking at the weather. Uh, I don't see anything below 50 uh, after tomorrow, so I'm quite excited for that. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful weekend out. Um, you know, we'll probably be together, um, at least on Sunday. Yep. But, uh, you know, that'll be good. I agree. I'm excited. So anyway, uh, moving on, we're going to kind of just jump right into it. It, It's been an absolute whirlwind um, in the world of the NFL. Uh, If you have been following along with our episodes, last episode, we started talking about the NFL free agency. And like we said, uh, there is so much to talk about. Um, There's, you know, things that we can't cover all in one episode. Um, And... uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened, you know, since we recorded on Tuesday. Um, you know, there's stuff that has happened, you know, like an hour before we, you know, started recording this. You know, there's stuff going on as we speak. So uh, Nick, who unfortunately, like you said, hasn't been home all day. He's been working. Uh, we're kind of just throwing him right into the fire. So, you know, poor Nick. But uh, I think he's kind of ready. I know he's super excited to talk about, you know, one of his signings that uh, we're going to talk about today. So uh, we'll let Nick go first because he's pretty happy. Yeah, just to uh, just preface what you're saying, it is currently 4 o'clock Eastern time. We are uh, recording this. So obviously anything that happens post this, we will cover uh, on Monday. Uh, Honestly, if anything happens and the alert comes up on my phone, um, we can talk about it. I'm sure something might happen. Uh, There's still quite a couple of big names left, but... Uh, I think my most exciting signing that I've seen, and is one that I called, and I'm pretty sure I called it on the podcast. I could be wrong. I think you did. I did say that I thought Curtis Samuel would sign with the Washington football team, and indeed he did. And personally, uh, with the addition of Ryan Fitzmagic that we talked about last episode on Tuesday, uh, I really, really like this, this signing for the football team. Uh, Curtis Samuel, just to preface, he's a 5'11 kid who's uh, out of Ohio State and has 195 pounds. But the thing that really impresses me is he runs a 4'31 40-yard time, so he's quick. Uh, Same with his teammate, also out of Ohio State, Terry McLaurin, who ran a 4'35 40 time. So they got two really fast receivers on the outside, although Terry McLaurin's a bit taller at 6 foot, but he's a bit bigger at 210 pounds. Um, But the thing that excites me about this trade is that head coach of the Washington football team, new head coach, Ron Rivera, uh, did draft Curtis Samuel back out of the second round in 2017 when he was coaching the Carolina Panthers. I really like this because I think Curtis Samuel is going to do well. uh, Obviously, like we said last time, uh, Ryan Fitzmagic is not afraid to push the ball down the field. And, you know, when you have Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel on both sides of you, uh, you're going to have some, you know, post routes, some verticals. All those things are going to come open because you just have speed over top. And he's not a guy that's afraid to sling the football, kind of like Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill. We're going to see, I'm hoping at least, I can't predict that, but I'm hoping that's what we're going to see out of the football team. They're going to become a bit more exciting this year to watch. Um, 
I really like this addition to them. Uh, he was in a 1,000-yard scrimmage guy last year. Had 770 catches for 850 yards, and he had 41 carries for 200 yards. Uh, he was our slot receiver behind um, two really good receivers out in Carolina. So, you know, putting up 1,000 scrimmage yards in an offense run by Teddy Bridgewater without Christian McCaffrey is pretty impressive, uh, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I really like Curtis Samuel. I think he's a really good guy. They run trick plays with it. Uh, he's fast. He can get outside. He gets around tackles. He's elusive. I am really in love with this signing, and I think this is going to put the football team onto my teams to watch, but I'll have to see how the draft goes. But for now, I think they're going to be an early runner on that list. Uh, okay. Yeah, obviously, you are very excited about that because you blew through that. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm with you. I love this signing. Uh, I've always liked Curtis Samuel. Um, you know, I'm not, as we've discussed, I'm not a huge Ohio State fan, but they do produce... <laughs> You know, they produce. They got the wide receivers and their secondary guys. Yeah, they they produce you know quality. Well, and their defensive line. Look at the Bosa's yeah. and you know Chase Young. Yeah. Uh, you know they produce quality NFL starters, and uh, you know I'm excited. You know, just like you, uh, to really see how this pairing is going to go between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel. Uh, they also it's a smaller signing, but uh, you know they re-signed Lamar Miller, who we didn't really see much with them but i think it's good for the overall athleticism um of their offense you know bringing in curtis samuel is going to add another element to their offense that not saying that they haven't had but like you said will make it more exciting uh this guy you know he's basically a smaller faster version of debo samuel you know out in uh san francisco um i think he's a little bit more elusive probably doesn't break as many tackles but it's you know still Still really fun to watch. Um, you know, he and, like you said, him and Terry McCar- uh, McLaurin, excuse me, uh, you know, were, were college teammates. They, they, you know, they came out after this, you know, the signing saying, you know, this is something we've dreamed about uh, since they were freshmen in college together. Um, and I, I just, I think it's, like you say, it's just, it's a dream come true. I think at least in terms of, you know, Curtis Samuel getting to pair up with uh, Ron Rivera, who, you know, I think he's a really good coach. I, I think he's honestly underrated in the types of, you know, creativity he has uh, and the willingness he will go to to use his players. Um, and like you said, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick he is not Patrick Mahomes. No. Um, but he does give that sense of, hey, I probably could make that throw, like, whatever. Um and it, it's fun to watch uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a ballsy player. Um, and I think that they are surrounding him. Um, not intentionally. It's not like he's going to be their franchise quarterback. But honestly, if this is a good, like, bridge year um, in terms of having him, uh, maybe to even pick somebody up in the draft. I know there's a possibility of them, you know, getting somebody, you know, second or third round. Uh, it, it still could be really fun to watch them play this year, like you said. And, uh yeah, I really like that signing. Um, moving on, you know, there's some big names uh, that have switched places. And, you know, I'm going to stay at the same position right now. You know, I think it's worth covering early um, in this podcast is AJ Green. Uh, if you don't know, he, you know, is a, I think he's been in the league, what? 10 years now. So uh, he's a six or seven time pro bowler. Um, You know, he's been one of the better 
uh, you know, wide receivers in the past decade. I think, honestly, he gets overlooked just because of the fact that he had to play with Andy Dalton. Um, and in Cincinnati, it's not a very big market, at least in football. Um, and he is going to the Arizona Cardinals. So pairing up with uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Kyler Murray and all those guys, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting now that they do have two older wide receivers on their uh, roster at the moment. But uh, Nick, I just want to you know, get a feel of what you think about this signing. Um, I'm kind of torn. I don't, I haven't watched like a ton of Arizona Cardinal football, so uh, I obviously didn't make the playoffs, so I didn't get to watch them there. So I'm not really sure where their big holes offensively and defensively were. Uh, I figured with DeAndre Hopkins, that wide receiver was not really a problem, but then again, off the top of my head, I don't really think I could name who they had running out uh, next to him. So I think at this point, A.J. Green... Although we haven't seen him produce since 2017 where he had 75 catches and 1,000 yards, and he's been a pretty consistent 1,000-yard receiver his whole career, even with Andy Dalton, who is now a Chicago Bear, we'll talk about later. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I hate this signing, and obviously his contract isn't astronomical, so it's not going to break the bank for them. Uh, you know, He's not completely out of it yet. We've seen him deal with a lot of injuries through the past. Uh, if he stays healthy, I don't hate this signing. Um I think Kyler definitely needs a couple extra weapons, although we did see them lose Kenyon Drake. So we're not sure. Uh, running back situation there, but at wide receiver now, I think they have the two locked down. Um, and they have a couple of depth guys that can play. Uh, they have Andy and Isabella who can play in slot. Uh, so I don't hate this signing, but I'm not like overly jazzed about it. Um, obviously, I'm not an Arizona Cardinal fan, so I'm not going to be overly jazzed about it, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, you know what? I will say that I am partially torn also, but I'm going to view this with an optimistic upside. Uh, Look, for me, this is a low-risk, high-reward signing. Um, You know, he's a guy who he's produced in his career, and, you know, I think that's always going to be worth the benefit. It's obviously only a one-year deal worth $6 million. Um, Like you said, it's not very expensive, um, I think for that type of caliber player, um, just because of his name, he's like that a six dollar, six million dollar uh, signing is <laughs> six dollars. Not six dollars, guys. I'm sorry, six million dollars. Um, you know, I think that it's totally worth it. It's fine. Look, uh, like you said, they already have DeAndre Hopkins there. He's not going to go there in terms of trying to be the number one wide receiver. But I also think that uh, you know they could use him just because it, it kind of opens things up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, everybody knows the talent DeAndre Hopkins has. Um, he is, you know, one of, if not the best wide receiver in the National Football League, obviously, with a lot of talented guys, uh, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. It's always, you know, debated. But, uh, you know, I, I think this is good for A.J. Green. Um, you know, getting out of Cincinnati needs to change the scenery. Um, and... For Kyler Murray, it just gives you another... I mean, AJ Green's a big guy. I think he's, what, 6'3"? So this is another guy who can go up and get that ball if you need it. Um, obviously, he's not the same uh, AJ Green that he was when he was uh, coming out of Georgia. But I still think you know, he'll give something. Uh, you know, he, he already came out and said that he you know, feels rejuvenated, and I think it might be good. 
Uh, same thing that we're going to kind of see with, uh, you know, J.J. Watt coming off of you know, years where they haven't really been able to produce, but there still might be something left in the tank. Uh, so speaking of what I just said before, there's actually just a free agent sign that uh, just came up on my phone. Uh, apparently happened six minutes ago, so in the middle of us talking. So uh, we can cover this real quickly if you want, but Will Fuller just agreed to a one-year deal to the Dolphins for $10 million. Ah, okay. Well, let's cover it. Um, yeah, we get a live reaction now. Yeah, look, uh, I believe if I, wow, if I speak English, um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, which is, you know, also a rare thing for me, mm. um, Will, Fur, Will Fuller, wow, man, I'm starting <laughs> off great today. Will Fur, Fuller <laughs> is a former Dolphins <laughs> wide receiver. So, um, you know, I, I don't hate this move. I think he's probably returning to an organization where he is comfortable. Um, and I think it also adds another element of, uh, you know, youth and speed uh, for Tua. Look, I, I, I think that obviously they have not given up hope on Tua. Uh, I think that's also the right thing to do. So I'm cool with it. Um, what? I said Tua needs time. He does. People, he does. A lot of people jumped the gun, and it sucks. Yeah, I mean, look, they uh, they went out and they got Isaiah Wilson from Tennessee Titans, who I think is a you know a pretty good tackle. Um, so obviously they're gonna you know build uh, something you know at least or try to build something for two of there in Miami. Um, they don't have a ton of. Uh, you know, targets for him. Obviously, Devontae Parker's still there. He's getting older, though. Um, Jakeem Grant is still there. I like him. I, I always love him. But uh, he's not a huge, uh, you know, receiver, you know, in terms of production. He's a more of a, you know, specialist guy returning, trick plays, stuff like that. And then Mike Gusecki, who is a uber-talented tight end. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's cool. Uh, our first live reaction to a trade. Um, Nick? What are your thoughts? Uh, personally, I like this. Um, I have higher hopes for the Dolphins this year. They're a team I want to see um, go a bit further than they did last year. I want to see them make the playoffs and make a run. Um, but I think that the Dolphins severely lack depth at wide receiver. Uh, I still feel, even with the signing and even having Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant, I still feel like there's no way they don't uh, take a wide receiver with the top five draft pick that they have. Um, I just... I think they need a younger guy, uh, whether it's Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. Uh, I think there's no way that they don't. Because they have two first-round draft picks, they can address something else. Uh, I think they're going to take a wide receiver there. But with that being said, I like Will Fuller. He produced really well uh, in Houston last year playing with Deshaun. Now, Tua is no Deshaun Watson, but uh, we still haven't seen what Tua can really do with some non-COVID offseason. So hopefully we can, you know, see what they're going to do. Hopefully they have in-person OCAs and they have you know, preseason, so we get all those things in. And I think Tua will, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be fantastic, but I think he's going to be a lot better than people think he's going to be. Uh, he was a first-round draft pick for a reason. Uh, but I do personally like this. I think it adds some depth, and I think Will Fuller is a very severely underrated wide receiver. Uh, he did get suspended at the end of last year, but I think he was really producing in an offense that lacked severely and talent last year uh, in Houston. So I do like this signing. I think it addresses a big need that Miami has. Uh, so props to them. Yeah, uh, 
That was kind of cool. Uh, definitely not expected, I guess. Um, well, we expected news. We didn't expect it, I guess, to come so quickly. <laughs> yeah, right then and there. Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't know. We should. We have a lot to talk about, so I guess we'll just move on. Um, let's stay in the division. Um, this isn't really a signing, but I think it's definitely something that uh, you and I both agree on, so it'll be quick. Um, the Indianapolis Colts have re-signed Marlon Mack. Now, you and I uh, both have come out recently saying that, you know, we thought it would be better for them to let him walk. And, you know, they already have Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. And, you know, obviously they felt that, you know, Marlon Mack is an essential part of their team. And uh, they resigned him. Uh, I just want to hear your thoughts. I really, uh, there's not much to say on the matter. We both have expressed our opinions on this previously. I'm really not sure what the reason is here. I want to see he's younger. He's still, he still has, you know, running backs careers are a lot shorter than every other position in the NFL. Uh, teams are aware of this. A lot of fans are aware of this. Uh, he's kind of in his running back prime at this point. I want to see him go take over a starting role next year. I, know, I don't think there's any way that Indianapolis gives him, um, you know, the bulk of the carries back after what we saw Jonathan Taylor was last year. And, I think Marlon Mack's a good running back. I think he can go be a number one somewhere. There are teams that do need running backs. Uh, I don't really know what the reason was that Indy brought him back. Um, maybe, you know, we've seen some teams convert running backs to wide receivers. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, but, you know, we've seen crazier things happen. I personally am not a fan of this, and I don't think you are either. Uh, yeah, I, I am not. And it, I will quickly knock off the idea of, any of them uh, converting to a wide receiver, if anything, would be Naheem Hines. Yes. But um, uh, definitely not. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, look, I really like Marlon Mack. I, I think he's a really good running back. I do. But I like Jonathan Taylor better. Look, Jonathan Taylor, he's faster. He's stronger. Breaks more tackles. Uh, you know, he's just as good receiving. Um, well, I, I think that, like, and like you said, I mean, no, Marlon Mack is still young. He's what, like 25, 26 years old. Um, you know, it's not like he's old, but, uh, you know, he already got hurt. So, I mean, it was only, it's look again, it's a one year, $2 million contract. So it's a very, you know, cheap, inexpensive signing for them. Um, but I, like, like you said, I don't really know what they're trying to get out of him. A lot of people expect him then, um, just because they resigned him to, at least try to split carries with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know how that will work out um, for Indianapolis or for Marlon Mack. I really, I really think that Jonathan Taylor will take you know the bull by the horns and you know kind of run off with it. At least, definitely by the second half of the year, um, he showed it this year that he uh, at the end of the season that he should be their number one. So I, I really don't love the signing, but you know what? It's a good player for them. Uh, and kudos to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will make another jump to a guy that I, I'm not thrilled with this signing. We did mention it briefly um, last episode because it was a rumor, but now it's officially come true. The Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, <laughs> is a Chicago Bear. And I just want to let you know, that I am extremely disappointed in the Chicago Bears. Nick, what are your thoughts? <laughs> there's, 
not a lot of thoughts to have. I think if you um check anywhere on social media <laughs> and go look it up, not the only person that might be happy by this signing might be Andy Dalton. Um because he's getting paid. I have no idea what the Chicago Bears were thinking of. We mentioned it last episode, and I know I brought it up first, but I, I know you agreed with it. The Bears are in a win now. Andy Dalton is not their guy. And when we touched on the last, like, at the end of the episode with the, the free agent quarterbacks that were left, we said they're all backups. Uh, so they pretty much went from um, Mitchell Trubisky to red hair Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm not sure why. I really don't. I know that the Seahawks came out and said they're not trading Russ. Fine. You got to go make a move in the draft. This was not it. I'm not a fan of this. I would love to. I had higher hopes for the Bears. Now I don't. Um, you know what? You know who else wins this trade? Aaron Rodgers wins this trade because he gets to deal with some pretty crappy quarterbacks in his division. So, you know what? <laughs> Maybe that's a plus side for it. Yeah, I, I'll keep it really, really short and sweet on this one. Uh, look, I don't hate Andy Dalton. I don't think anybody has a reason to hate Andy Dalton. But if you're a Chicago's fan base, you probably hate Andy Dalton right now. <laughs> because you know he ain't leading you to the promised land. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, look, I, I, I get it. Obviously, it, he has experience. He has leadership. Probably more leadership than uh, Mitch Trubisky, but um, I just saw a, a speech done by Andy Dolan, uh, like, you know, one of the, like, mic'd up moments or, you know, NFL sound effects. I just want to tell you that that guy has absolutely no huddle, sk- uh, like, <laughs> motivational skills before a game. I was like, man, if I was on that team, I would be like, all right, let's go and break. You know? <laughs> Yay. Uh, yeah, let's go Bengals. Uh, so now that he is the head of a, you know, a franchise that is just swarmed with talent on their defensive side, who just walk differently with some swagger that you know some NFL defenses don't have, their offense is going to come out there sputtering. <laughs> but whatever, um, I will. Because you uh, just mentioned, um, you know, the competition Aaron Rodgers will have to face, the Vikings went out and uh, signed Patrick Peterson. For me, I'm actually a fan of this signing, but I will see and uh, we'll, we'll see what Nick thinks first, and then I'll tell you my reasoning. Uh, I am also a fan of this signing. Uh, I think Ooh. that addresses a very big need for the Minnesota Vikings, so hats off to them. Uh, I think their defense was lacking last year. Uh, I don't think that the Vikings are going to go to the promised land with old Captain Kirk at the helm, but, 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 I do like the signing. Uh, I think it addresses a big need. I think he was the top cornerback talent uh, in free agency. Um, There's a couple other guys that I think will challenge, but I think Patrick Peterson was... Uh, the cream of the crop there. I think he's still uh, has some couple years left in him. Uh, I think he balls out. Uh, they're going to be in a division that, you know, you're going to have to face Allen Robinson and Devontae Adams. So I think you're going to need a number one corner in that division. Uh, so I do. I am a fan of this signing for the Vikings. I think, like I said, they addressed a need that they had. So I can't hate this. 
I'm glad because honestly, I thought you weren't going to like the signing. Uh, I don't know why, but that was my that was my original thoughts. I <laughs> love this signing though. Um, like you said, it addresses a really big need for them, and the Vikings, who you know at one point did have probably one of the most promising defenses in the league. Um, you know they are they're getting older. They traded away Everson Griffin. Uh, you know they lost uh i can't think of his name well they didn't play daniel hunter was an opt-out due to injury last season um you know harrison smith is getting older and you know they they lost xavier rhodes who at one point was you know their top guy but they they have two um really really young cornerbacks there um I, i'm a really big fan of jeff gladney and i think that for vikings getting this type of leadership um, and Patrick Peterson is huge. Everybody that has played with Patrick Peterson absolutely loves him. Um, and it's funny because this guy, it seems like he's been in the league forever because yeah. he's been in the league for, what, 10 years? He's only 30 years old. And I can tell you right now that that man can still ball out. He's still super athletic. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, obviously – you know, Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson, that's a tough task, but I, I like that, you know, they're bringing in somebody who I think will definitely be willing to step up to that challenge. Um, you know, he might not get the better of the uh, competition, but he'll definitely give it his best go. And then, uh, you know, I just, you know, for the Vikings, it's just tough for me to, you know, really see like what they could have kind of wanting to do. Um, you know that they're not the best team in that division, um, but you know, they're not the worst. I feel like they could make, they're kind of that spoiler team, if that makes any sense. Uh, uh, um, 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 yeah, they're, I hate to break this to you and I know you've been following sports for a while. Um, they're definitely not the worst team in their division because the Detroit Lions are there. I know that. I know that. Okay. No, I'm just saying. Uh, like, you know, at one point though, I did have hopes for the Vikings. I mean, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan, but I thought that with their defense and you know with Dalvin Cook, that you know they could maybe not win a Super Bowl. They could at least make you know a playoff run. And then we've seen more magical things happen. Uh, you know, New York Giants beat the Patriots for crying out loud in 2007. Uh, so, you know, it happens, but, uh, the only thing I have to say about this is like, look, I love Patrick Peterson. I love the signing, but I'm not sure what they're trying to do because I feel like they could have gone out and tried to make, you know, a younger signing, you know, with William Jackson or, uh, you know, Mike Hilton or somebody else that was available who might be on the younger side. But like you said, um, you know, I, I think that Patrick Peterson got the short end of the stick in terms of, uh, you know, what people were kind of, you know, ranking him in terms of free agency. They actually do not have him listed as one of the top corners. Um, but I am with you. I think is he probably is one of the best, if not the best, because just the experience and, you know, what he's already shown and I think what he still has. Yeah. Um, moving on, I... Uh, there's just so many names, so it's it's tough for me to pick you know one direction I think we should go in. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of 
move on to an ex Arizona Cardinal as well now um, with Kenyon Drake signing a two year deal with the Raiders. Um, you know, the Raiders already have Josh Jacobs there. Um, but I think that this is an interesting signing for them, and I just want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I'm going to put this plain and simple. I don't like it. Interesting. No, not at all. Um, I am a big Josh Jacobs fan. I liked him last year. I don't – I'm not a huge fan of the way – I okay, I don't like this signing, but I kind of understand it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the way John Gruden runs his running backs um, in Vegas, and we saw this last year, um, and not a lot of people did pick up on this or see this, but he did run Josh Jacobs out there for about two drives, and then he gave him a drive rest. Um, and, you know, that's when we saw Jalen Richard come in, uh, and they had Devontae Booker come in and play, uh, and they were seeing some pretty high-volume snaps uh, because they were getting uh, a whole drive play. Uh so I don't like this because I think Josh Jacobs is a workhorse back who can handle every down. Uh, I think he is that good. I think he's one of those guys, uh, and especially in a, in a you know a division that doesn't have very good uh, strong run defense. You know the best competition they're going to face run defense is is uh, Denver, and Denver ain't putting up points until they get a quarterback. So um, I don't like this, but you know if Kenyon Drake is their you know sit drive kind of guy, and even if they still run with that offense, I'm not sure if they're going to. Uh, but personally, I don't like this. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. I, I like Kenyon Drake, and I like Josh Jacobs. And I think it's tough for me to see them in a thing where I know that they're going to be fighting for carries. But I know that there were some concerns regarding Josh Jacobs' uh, you know, durability just at the end of the season. Um, even though he was getting those, you know, those drives of rest, there were times where, um, you know, yeah, he did. Well, he had a high ankle sprain. Um, but I know he was playing through it, so that's always a tough task to do. Obviously, it was an injury that kept Christian McCaffrey out for a long time. Um, but, you know, I, I, like you said, I just I don't see the point in this signing. I, I really, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Kenyon Drake, to me, is, you know, he's a high-level third down back. Um, or, you know, oh, he's, a, he's a good low-tier, you know, level one running back. I think he's a guy that could at least play you know, two or three downs if he has to. But I don't see the point in where he fits in the scheme with the Raiders. Um, you know, it, it's, just, it's just tough for me. Um, you know, I thought that Kenyon Drake had a really good season, but he doesn't put up the touchdown numbers because in the red zone, Kyler Murray and uh, Chase Edmonds kind of took that away from him. Um, but I guess for the Raiders, it's a good signing because he's a good player, and it, he didn't sign for a very expensive contract. So for such a cheap price, they're getting a good player. But I'm with you. Don't love the signing. Okay. Uh, another signing that I am not huge on, um, but I will, like, I guess be okay with it, uh, is the Kyle Van Noy signing for the Patriots. Um, look, I think that Kyle Van. I mean, I mean, okay, it makes sense. Before before people start knocking me, it makes sense. Kyle Van Noy, former Patriot, you know, had a great season in 2019. Goes to the Dolphins. You know, actually had a pretty good season, but they they just cut him um, for you know salary purposes, and now he goes back to the Patriots. Uh, he's a he's a good linebacker. He 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 can rush uh, the passer. He can cover. So 
obviously it's a good signing for him because he's going back to a system where he's comfortable. It's a good signing for the Patriots. But for some reason, I don't like this signing because of all the other stuff that they have done. Um, and it's not because I think, oh, well, they're, you know, you know, they're, you know, they're getting stacked. I think it's, you already have so many players there that can do so many things. I don't understand the need to sign him. Uh, um, hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I like Kyle Vannoy. I think he's a good player. Like you said, uh, him going back to a system where he's comfortable in is huge for him. Uh, he did play. He was rather underrated for Miami last year. Uh, their defense had an insane amount of takeaways, and obviously he contributed to that. Although he wasn't taking away the football, he definitely helped um, You know, get into the quarterback. He's not a terrible coverage guy, um, but he's a good pass rusher. For me, I mean, I get what you're saying. You know, the Patriots do have a lot of talent. They've signed a lot of guys. Uh, but I don't I don't really hate this. I mean, obviously, we keep throwing Patriot guys in there, so I'm not going to say I love it because, you know, the old the old Patriot hate comes boiling back up. But <laughs> with that being said, I will put that aside and say I do like this um, signing for the Patriots. I will uh, contradict you here. I do like this signing. I think it does fill. I know you say they do have... Uh, you know, some talent there that can do that. But I think it does fill a need that they have. They don't really have an edge rusher from the linebacker position. Uh, so, you know, just like Patrick Peterson with the Vikings, it fills a need for the Patriots. He's not expensive for them. He's going back to a system he's already played in. You know, he's already lived in New England. He's gonna, he's obviously going to adapt pretty well there uh, since he's already been there. So, you know what? I kind of like this signing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, like... I'm not going to battle this too much, but the reason why I don't like it is this is what you said. You said that they don't have pass rushers. Matthew Judon is a pass rusher. Josh Duche yeah. is a pass rusher. Chase Winovich is a pass rusher. These are all guys. I mean, obviously, Kai Van yeah. not taking Matthew Judon's I was going to say, but besides Judon, I like uh, Van Noy a, a bit above both of those other guys. Yeah, but the problem is they don't have anybody to fill up on the inside. I would rather take the, like... I, like I, I like the um you know I like Chase Winovich. He's a very you know I don't want to say chippy player, but like he works hard in the pass rush. Josh Shea is just another guy that's just one of those uber talented you know runs like a four four forty uh you know at the linebacker position. And uh, yes, they have Dante Hightower, but they run a three four system, and I don't know why they sign another outside linebacker when they already have, I think, in my opinion, three guys that can play there, you know, starting wise, but they don't have anybody else to play the inside position with, uh, you know, Dante Hightower. Well, obviously, I mean, we've seen Belichick do a lot of crazy things, and they have athletic guys that you just mentioned. They can convert them uh, into playing an inside linebacker position. Uh, I, you know, we've seen Belichick do it before. He takes guys, you know, and we don't actually fully know what he's going to use him for, so we can't assume yet. Because, um, you know, Belichick has been able to scheme some pretty creative things with a lot of players he brings in. Uh, and Van Noy was a guy that, you know, he was a Belichick guy. So, you know what, I do, I do like this, and I think he is an upgrade from those other guys that you men did mention. Obviously not Matt Judon, but I think from the outside to play across from Matt Judon, I do like this. Yeah. Moving on, we'll stay in the division. Uh, another quick thing to talk about um, with the Bills, they signed Mitch Trubisky as the <laughs> backup quarterback. It's a very, you know, it's, a, it's not a big news kind of thing, but I think it's worth mentioning because Mitch Trubisky was a starting 
quarterback for a while in Chicago, didn't pan out, got benched for Nick Foles. That didn't work out, and he started again. Saw some glimpses. Um, but, you know, I think this is about probably the right, you know, decision. Um, sign somewhere as a backup. Don't You're not going to win a starting uh, spot in the NFL, I think, at this point. No. Um, and I think, it, you know, honestly, I think it makes sense for the Bills. He is young. But he uh, he's also similar in playing style with Josh Allen and the fact that they're both like athletic quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think honestly, people don't realize how athletic Mitch Trubisky really is. Um, obviously, he does not have the you know arm that Josh Allen has, but in the event where they need to break the glass and use him as an emergency, you know, thing, I, I think that. In that system, Mitch Trubisky, not saying he'll be like, you know, great or anything, but I think he'll be serviceable enough, probably better than, you know, Jacob Easton or, you know, uh, Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. So I'm, I'm okay with it, but I think that this has been a long time coming for Mitch Trubisky, and that's why I'll just keep it short and sweet. Uh, yeah, I'll say this very briefly, and this is where I'll leave it. Uh, we did mention briefly at the end of the last episode that the backup quarterback market was. Uh, shrinking, and there's not a lot. You know, Andy Dalton just got a starting quarterback job. Uh, I think Mike Glenton just signed with your Giants. Um, he did. So, you know, uh, he's not really worth mentioning, but, you know, we just did, so that's where we'll leave that. Um, but, you know, this is where I'll leave it. We did mention that the backup quarterback market is growing smaller. Uh, you know, injuries do happen. We saw Burrow go down last year. We've seen a lot of starting quarterbacks go down in the recent years. Having us, you know, Dak last year even, uh, having a strong backup quarterback, and like you said, we did see glimpses of Mitchell Trubisky having some, you know, good in him <laughs> as a quarterback. Uh, you know, he's obviously weaker, doesn't have the same arm talent, uh, not as strong, but, you know, similar in athleticism, like you said. So for the Bills, I think this just addresses a need that a lot of NFL teams, you know, need to address as well, and that's just the backup quarterback position. Yeah. Um, so that that was just one signing I wanted to touch on. But didn't really, you know, think that it needed to be, uh, you know, talked about really in depth. No. Um, one thing that I do want to talk about, kind of in depth, is the Gerald Everett signing with the Seahawks. I don't know how much you know about him, um, but for me, I kind of like this because, given the, you know, the recent rumors and news with you know russell wilson and his you know this i don't say you know hate or dis but dislike for the play of his you know offensive line last season um obviously gerald williams is or joe everett excuse me uh, gerald everett is a tight end that was previously with the rams who i think has the type of talent that could make him a top 10 tight end in the league but it never really you know panned out um, so I like this signing for the Seahawks because I guess everybody's still there. You know, Russell Wilson's still there. Uh, you know, they went out, they drafted DK Metcalf, who, you know, last year had a great start to the season. Didn't really end well, but he had a good start. You know, Tyler Lockett's been there for, feels like forever, but I know he's only been there for like five or six years. But, you know, he's a great player, um, you know, and I think that adding this element um, at tight end is good for them. You know, they had Jimmy Grimm at one point, but kind of towards the end, didn't really work out that well. Obviously, they had Greg Olson. That didn't work out that well either. But Gerald Everett, for me, 
is, you know, a tight end who I think he's about 6'3", 6'4". Um, one of those guys that's on the faster, you know, end of tight ends. I'd probably say he's pretty similar to uh, Johnny Smith, who we saw signed to the Patriots, but probably not as high of a ceiling. Um, you know, I like this for Russell Wilson um, because it just gives them another option. I feel like early in his career, Russell Wilson liked to be able to go to guys that were, you know, consistent. And he has that with Tyler Lockett. And I'm not saying that DK Metcalf isn't great, but he hasn't been consistent. And I think maybe just adding another, you know, good target um, and give Gerald Everett the chance to really, you know, play well with a better quarterback than Jared Goff, I think it might happen. Yeah, I think this um, this will stay on the lines of the theme that uh, I've been bringing up recently, and that is addressing a need. Uh, the Seahawks have been lacking at the tight end position for quite some years now. I know they thought they, you know, they tried Greg Olson, I believe, uh, bringing him in. He wasn't obviously the answer. He's a bit out of his prime uh, from his Carolina days. So I do like this signing. Uh, like I said, it addresses a need. They need a tight end, another weapon for Russell Wilson to go to. Uh, and he's not also a terrible blocker. Uh, so I do like this. Uh, I think last year with the Rams, he kind of had a breakout year. Uh, Jared Goff is kind of up and down throwing the football-wise, so the fact that he still put up pretty good numbers at the tight end position with a shaky quarterback says a lot for him. Uh, he did play well, him, and uh, I believe Tyler Higby was the other tight mm-hmm. end that they had running out there. I think they were a good tight end uh, tandem uh, for the Rams, so losing them is kind of tough for the Rams, you know, another a less target for Matt Stafford to throw to, but for the Seahawks' purpose, I think this is just as a need. Uh, I do like this. It's another weapon for Russell Wilson. Hopefully that makes him just, you know, this this much happier. Um, so I do like this. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you, and I, I'm hoping that it works out. Um, I don't know how you feel about, you know, these two teams because they're not huge in terms of, uh, you know, that they're going to be contenders, but I really like the signings that they've made. Um, we've already touched on one of them. It's the Los Angeles. Uh, excuse me. Wow, they're not. You know, they're not anymore. They're it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I don't know why I was going to say Los Angeles. Just forget everything I ever say. Um, <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders and the Carolina Panthers. Um, real quick, I'm I'm just gonna you know kind of give you a little bit of a preface on, you know, some of the signings that they've made um, and why I think that they, you know, it's a good, uh, you know, a, a good signing for them. So for the Raiders, we've already talked about Kenyon Drake, um, but they also were able to pick up wide receiver John Brown from the Bills. You know, he got released just uh, for cap reasons. Um, they did resign or expected to uh, resign Zay Jones. They brought back uh, Richie Incognito after cutting him just because of, uh, again, for you know, cap reasons. As we talked about last week, they were able, or last episode, they were able to add uh, Unique Ngakwe. But for me, and I really like these two, uh, these two signings, which is Quentin Jefferson and Solomon Thomas. Um, this also is going to go, I guess, with your... Uh, your theme of addressing a need um, or I guess kind of upgrading that need a little bit. Uh, I really like this because to me, the Raiders aren't a 
terrible team in terms of what they have there. Honestly, I think, like you said, it's the the biggest problem is who they have at head coach. Um, you know, I'm a big I'm a I'm a big Derek Carr fan. I think he's a good quarterback. I just think he gets a lot of unnecessary slander. Um, and I I like that you know after losing Nelson Aguilar to the Patriots, they go out and they get John Brown, who you know yes he's been kind of a injury prone you know guy, but when he's on the field, he produces. He he's a guy that you know blows the you know the top off coverages. And, uh, you know, I'd like that signing for them. I think it's, uh, you know, kind of a, again, a low-risk, high-reward signing for them. Um, you know, especially since they already have, you know, Henry Ruggs there, who we, we don't really know what he's going to be. But obviously, since he's a first-round pick, they expect him to do well. We've, we saw glimpses of it last season. And uh, Zay Jones, who is also, you know, funny enough, a former Buffalo former Bill, Bill yeah. uh, wide receiver, who I think is consistent. Um, you know, he's a bigger body, so it's not a terrible, uh, you know, pairing with, with him and uh, Henry Ruggs and now adding John Brown. On the defensive side, like we said, uh, we both like Enid Ngakwe. Um, we thought the signing was good for him because he didn't really fit with the Ravens. But uh, I'm a big Solomon Thomas fan. I was a big fan of him uh, when he was coming out of Stanford. I think he went, what, third overall in his draft, and he hasn't really been able to live up to that, you know, that spot. But I think that, you know, the Raiders, who are a team that, you know, like, as we said last, uh, you know, episode, they already have a decent defensive line, and I think it just making them stronger is just going to kind of help. I mean, obviously, we saw that the Chiefs' one weak spot was their offensive line, um, and the Raiders were able to, you know, already win a game versus the Chiefs. Um, last season, and they made it close in the second game, I believe, too. So, uh, it's close for a while, but exactly. So, like, I, I think that again, they're kind of in the same spot the Vikings are. They're kind of just a spoiler team in the division. But I just wanted to point out that I thought they had good signings. I don't know about you, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like their signings. Uh, I agree with one major thing that you said, and I think their big problem would be their uh, head coaching position. Uh, I've never really been a huge John Gruden fan. I didn't like when they signed him uh, to the 10-year, 10, $100 million deal. Uh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to say that he's the reason that he's holding the Raiders down because obviously their roster is not that great and they're definitely not the best team in their division. But I do like a lot of the additions they've made in the offseason, especially defensively. Uh, I would like to see them make, you know, a push at another wide receiver like Juju or Kenny Galladay. I just think, you know, Derek Carr needs someone else, a bigger body to throw to, not just someone who's fast. Um, so I do like their signings, but I'm going to agree heavily that, you know, one of their biggest issues is their head coach position, and unfortunately he's going to be there for a while. Yeah. Um, moving on, this is a team that, for me, go moving forward, I – I think is going to be a team that people are going to sleep on just because, unfortunately, they're in your division. Um, but because of the fact that, you know, Tom Brady's with the Buccaneers and, you know, the Saints are usually, you know, good annually. Um, but who knows after Drew Brees left what they're, what's going to happen in terms of who's going to be their starting quarterback. But for me, the Carolina Panthers have made – Three really nice signings, in my opinion. Denzel Perryman, 
agreed to a two-year deal with them. The reports that uh, the details of the you know contract have not been released yet, but they have agreed to terms. Hassan Reddick is signing a one-year deal with a max value of $8 million with $6 million guaranteed. Then Morgan Fox, a defensive tackle, um, signed a two-year deal uh, for $8 million. And I will tell you why I really like this signing for the Panthers. Perryman has been in the league for, what, like five, six, seven years? I don't even know. But he's always been a consistent guy. He's a good middle linebacker. And, you know, I like that he's going to join a team that has a lot of upside. I think he's got good leadership that they could bring to that side of the defense, um, especially when they already have young guys like uh, Yeter Grossmontos. Then adding Hassan Reddick is just a, another weapon for them. They already have – I'm a big uh, – Brian Burns fan. He's a very good, you know, linebacker or pass rushing linebacker. Um, I think he's kind of underrated just because the Panthers weren't really that good this season. Um, but adding Hassan Reddick, who is familiar with Matt Rule, they played. He played for Matt Rule um, at Temple in college. Um, I, I think this is a really good signing for them. Um, it's only one year, so if he does well, like he did last season. Maybe we can expect them to re-sign him, um, you know, after the 2021 season. And then Morgan Fox, for me, uh, is a is a is a great defensive tackle. Um, you know, he was a guy that kind of played under the radar um, with the Rams because of all the big names they have. Uh, you know, with of course with a you know Aaron Donald, it's going to be tough. Um, when you're also sharing the line with him. But when you have other guys that are playmakers, such as Leonard Floyd and, you know, Samson Abukum, you know, I, I think that Morgan Fox's name kind of slides uh, under what, you know, most teams see or most, you know, normal fans see. Uh, but I think this is a really good pickup for them. Um, you know, now for the Panthers, uh, you know, their defense to me is mostly set. Yeah, I think that may, they might need some help in the secondary. Obviously, getting Jeremy Chin was great for them last season. But, you know, linebackers, now they're, they're kind of set. Um, kind of after the loss of Luke Keekly, obviously, that's a hard person to replace. But Denzel Perryman is, you know, more than capable. You know, they have a lot of guys that can rush the passer between Hassan Reddick, Peter Grossmatos, uh, Brian Burns. Now they have, you know, Derek Brown pairing up with Morgan Fox uh, on that line. This is something for me that I'm looking forward to. Uh, we said it that, you know, the Panthers already have you know, a decent, I mean, obviously with Christian McCaffrey, you're, you're great. You know, you probably have, in my opinion, when he's healthy, he's probably the best running back in the league in terms of just overall talent. Um, maybe not production, mm. obviously, with Derrick Henry and uh, you know Dalvin Cook and guys like Saquon Barkley. It's just it's tough to make that you know description. But I think in terms of an overall do it guy, um, Christian McCaffrey to me it might be the best. But uh, you know they have Robbie Anderson at wide receiver, so this is a team that you know going into the draft, if they can make a good selection. Um, you know, there's, you know, a lot of reports that they could end up taking a quarterback in the second or third round or in the first round, they might get Trey Lance out of, uh, 
North Dakota State that they could end up trying to make a splash next season. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I love I love the defensive signings. I mean, everyone that you mentioned, um, uh, you know, they're all underrated, like you said. Uh, I do like them. I think, like like I said, addressing a need. Uh, it's going to become a broken record thing for the whole offseason when we cover these. But, you know, it is a big thing for teams to do. Uh, but they're another one of those teams, like I mentioned, that are just kind of held down without a legitimate cornerback. Same with the Vikings when I said with Kirk Cousins is not really their guy. Teddy Bridgewater is definitely not their guy to take them to the promised land. Um, so, like you said, if they draft a quarterback and he does pan out the way they want it, the Panthers are looking a bit scary, obviously secondary-wise. Uh, I do like – I'm a big Jeremy Chin fan, but I they don't really have anybody else really that incredible – in the secondary, especially in a division with some really deadly wide receivers. I mean, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. Uh, you know, we got three wide receivers, even four rolling in Tampa. Um, so, you know, this is that is a division that it's going to be hard to be successful. You know, you can have a really good defensive line, but it's going to be hard to be successful without having a secondary. Uh, so we'll see if that's maybe something they address in the draft of the first round. But, you know, they have the talent at the wide receivers position. They have talent at running back, obviously. Their offensive line is not terrible. It's rather it's it's okay um but i think their quarterback play it just i think they just need someone to put them over the top and i don't think teddy bridgewater is their guy yeah you know and I, i'll agree with you and you know i i know that this episode is running long so i i think that we'll probably end it after this yeah. um but look i think that i'm just wrap it up in general a lot of teams have made some really really good signings uh this offseason there haven't been too many signings I haven't really liked. Um, I think that, you know, some, like the Cowboys, you know, signing Jordan Lewis uh, overpriced uh, is more of the biggest thing. Um, but this has been a great offseason so far, and we're still expecting some guys, you know, namely Kenny Galladay and Juju Smith-Schuster to, you know, sign within the upcoming days. And we so, still have guys becoming free agents. I mean, uh, uh Got Philip Lindsay from Denver. He just became a free agent now. Exactly. Yeah, they did sign Mike Boone, um, you know, former Vikings running back. I think I, I could end up being good for them too. But uh, yeah, so moving forward, this is going to be something that is definitely going to be you know uh, talked about. Um, we will be taking a break from it next episode, just so uh, you know we kind of return to a little bit of normalcy and you know. Everybody that listens to the podcast gets, you know, a break. But, uh, you know, expect next week uh, for us to kind of wrap everything together. Um, you know, we can give out, you know, grades or something um, in terms of what we thought about the offseason. Um, maybe we'll do some, you know, quick, slight winners and losers. Um, or, you know, things that we didn't touch on that we could get a chance to touch on. Other than that, uh, you know, on Saturday, it will be our normal, uh, you know, Saturday topics now where you guys will get to kind of know uh, Nick and I a little bit more, um, you know, as we kind of touch on our personal experiences and um, get you guys get to know us about, you know, what we were, what we were like, you know, as athletes when we played. Um, and then next week, like I said, uh, expect either a wrap up or something. And then Nick and I have discussed, um, and hopefully that you guys will like this, uh, let us know by either uh, DMing us or something. Uh, we will start kind of breaking into uh, some 
totally forgot individual uh episodes where you know on mondays nick might post something about uh the nhl and then on uh like his power rankings and then on wednesdays i might post something about the mlb power rankings so just keep a heads up for it uh, we might not be starting it yet but definitely soon um so that definitely something to look out for thank you guys for another great great episode um, you know, it's a long one. So uh, thank you for bearing with us the whole entire time. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys on Saturday. Peace.